I'm not good at math or geography and I don't fucking care. I'm not good at anything. Hello? Dude, I got a story for you. Everybody. Hello. Welcome to our spin-off segment of Nightmares and Nightcaps. Ooh, nightmares. Spooky and drinky. Except today we're not getting very drinky. Today we are sick <laughs> and needing to hydrate with non-alcoholic beverages. So I am on liquid IV. What are you drinking? Wada! Yes, we are hydrating today. The world's natural liquid IV. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it doesn't work that well for me. <laughs> for normal bodies anyways, the natural liquid <laughs> IV. <laughs> too ho. <laughs> Definitely ho season right now. <laughs> Is it really? Um, it's, I think for oh. most hoes, it's ho season every season. Oh. No. <laughs> there is... <laughs> The only wet ass pussies in both of our houses is when our cats get wet somehow, like jumping in the shower or playing in their water bowls. Yes, licking themselves constantly. (laughs) Joining us today, we have Draco, which you listeners can't see, but Taylor Taylor and I now Zoom. So she gets to look at his very awkward face. I think I swear he went cross-eyed on me probably because when he starts to get sleepy (laughs) yeah when he gets sleepy his eyes go off and then like his second eyelid starts to come out and it's disgusting oh Eli was doing that to me yesterday I'm like are you okay bud because like his second eyelid was halfway over his eyeballs and I'm just like what the fuck happened to you yeah that's Draco like all the time oh are you moving and he's out of here just like that folks he gets a little camera shy So with this installment of Nightmares and Nightcaps, it is my turn to tell Taylor a story, and I have not told her what I'm talking about, so I am super pumped. Is it the Titanic? It is not the Titanic. I'm leaving that for you to talk about. Water theme would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's wet. With ice. Nightmares and Nightcaps, episode number five, everything's wet. Wet. I mean, things are melting in Fargo, so (laughs) it's slushy and fucking wet. Dude, same. It's like so warm here. I know. Thank God. This bitch is sick of the fucking gold. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see if that cold front from Texas comes up here. Texas, keep the cold. All right. We don't want it. We get it all year long. Texas, though, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, are you guys okay? (laughs) at least they they got their power back on it seems like they're trying to regulate their shit but uh but damn but damn texas like we have a friend down in texas and he's like i'm sitting in a parking lot i'm gonna sleep in my cock this is the only place we have (laughs) (laughs) wi-fi no my cousin lives down in texas and i 
I did not message her during all of it to see how she was doing. So my bad. <laughs> I, I hope you're okay. <laughs> well, folks, uh, my story is nothing to laugh at. It is something terrible. Um, the only reason I, I've been waiting to tell this story and I wanted to wait to do it justice when the, uh, when everything was finalized in courts, because this is something that's been going on since 2018. And of course, COVID pushed a lot of things back. Do you already have an idea that look on your face? Okay. Well, don't, don't say anything yet because, uh, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say much. You know what? I think I should just get into it. So I have titled this The Murderer Next Door. <gasps> yes! I mean, I shouldn't get excited because it's a terrible story, but. But it's awesome. one that I've been sitting on. So, okay. Small, small look back into it. I will just, I will just give it out now. Um, back in 2018, I was living in this apartment building and, um, I, I was really sick this one day and I woke up to tons of police cars an investigation, like big old industrial van and, uh, a coroner's van sitting outside of my apartment building. So I am slightly connected to this story just because, uh, I lived right next door to a murder scene so here we motherfucking go this is the murder of kevin paul riley senior mm. kevin paul riley uh senior i think i'll just call him senior during all of this because there mm. are a lot of names and i don't want to keep saying kevin and then something getting fucked up so we'll just call I him like senior that. the whole time oh, kevin so he was born in Moorhead, Minnesota, March 25th, 1958. Wait, what? Yeah. Did you just say March 25th? March 25th, 1958. Are you shitting me? <laughs> That's my birthday, dude. I know. <laughs> I fucking know. So Taylor and I are both connected. <laughs> They're birthday sisters. <laughs> birthday buds. Twins. Just kidding. <laughs> birthday twins like 40 uh, years apart many years apart uh he was born to harlan and his biological mother's name was naomi but his parents that raised him were harlan and radine riley uh he grew up in edgeley north dakota which bt dubs i have no fucking clue where that is and i'm not even gonna pretend that i looked it up because i did not <laughs> Um, his siblings geographically challenged yeah I just and also lazy (laughs) (laughs) Um, he had many siblings he had Karen Mike Loray LaVon Wayne and Delvin Wayne and Karen and and Mike of course there's always a fucking Mike Mike. there's always a goddamn Mike in every fucking story oh by the way I had to write my notes in a notebook instead of on my computer like I normally do so if you hear flipping and I'll try to cut most of it out but if you hear flipping or papers ruffling it's me I like writing my notes down so like I said they all grew up in Edgeley North Dakota and uh Kevin we'll just call him Kevin then 
Kevin was proud of his Native American heritage and was an enrolled member of the Sisseton Wapaton Sioux Tribe. He went to college in Wapaton, North Dakota, and received his plumbing degree in 1978. In 1982, he received his journeyman license, which I had to look up because I was like, what the fuck is that? And that just means oh, yeah. like you're super qualified in that field. People that work on um, power lines and stuff too. What, journeyman, lineman. That's what they're called? Oh, the Wichita lineman. <laughs> I love that song. Um And then in 1984, two years after getting his journeyman license, he received his master plumbing license. So he was like grade A fucking master plumber. Top of the line, cleaning out your shitters. And then crack going. (laughs) He just had the permanent, the permanent butt crack. Uh, In the early 80s, he moved his family to Fargo. And then the next 38 years, he worked as a plumber in the Fargo-Moorhead area. He was a father of three. His children's names were Christina, Kevin Jr., Kevin uh, Paul Riley Jr., and Christopher Riley. As a family, they spent most of their summertime at the lakes or camping. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get a lot of background into his children. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what happened with him and his children. I saw that in his obituary that they like, he loved his kids. He was really proud of being a dad. He was a really proud grandpa when all of his grandchildren came around. He was really smart. He loved to read. He was always like your fun fact, go-to guy. So we are fast forwarding to 2018. On the morning of September 21st, 2018, Fargo Police Department received a call from a man saying that there was a dead body in his apartment. The man claimed that the that it was a suicide that had happened in his apartment. When the police arrived, the body was covered with a white sheet, but the caller was not there. The call was made at 1122 for an apparent suicide. The caller said that he was on his way to the apartment when he made the call. When he never showed up, the police called him back. Wait, hold on. He called on his way to the apartment, so he didn't know there was a body in there yet? Wait. Um, we'll get to it. So he knew that there was a dead body in his apartment, and I will give more information on that later. Um, so he knew that there was a suicide in his apartment. That's what he called it, is there was a suicide in my apartment. There's a dead body in there. I'm not home right now, but I'm on my way there. So I will meet you guys there. So when the caller never showed, the police called him back. The caller said that Kevin Riley Sr. was staying with him as he believed that Kevin was homeless. He also said that he believed Kevin was on meth, but refused the police to search the apartment. (laughs) Douchebag neighbor. Is he driving up his car? Yes. Uh, I I thought I heard something like, what is that? Yes, he has to, because he has to make everybody know that he's driving his fucking fast car. Anyway, so um, the caller said Kevin was staying with him as he believed that Kevin was homeless. He also said that he believed that Kevin was on meth, but refused the police to do any search of the apartment because he didn't want any drugs that would have been found in the apartment to be pinned on him as it was his apartment. 
Soon after the call, the caller made another call to the Fargo Police Department saying that he was not going to come back to the apartment and would only talk to them over the phone. What the fuck? Yeah. So that's really fucking sus, dude. Saying you found the body and that you're on the, like, found the body left. You're going to go back to the apartment and then you're not going to come back. Why? Hmm. I don't know. Weird for a suicide. where, Where they went. Where'd you, where are you going, bud? Huh? I'm hungry. I just found this body, but I'm hungry. So let me go get some food really quick. Yeah. I quick ran to Mickey D's to grab myself a McGriddle and a shitty ass fucking coffee. And I'm on my way back. Maybe they went to buy flowers for their deceased. (laughs) Yeah. Or, uh, fucking maybe a therapist. If you walk in on a dead body in your apartment, (laughs) who knows? Like I need to go to therapy right away. There's a dead body at my house. (laughs) Walk in, dead body. Daddy therapist, here I come. My therapist. First call is to my therapist. Second call is to my best friend. Third call is to the police. Fourth call, McDonald's. McDonald's. Do you guys deliver? <laughs> I guess I gotta go pick it up. Yeah. They cover this body with a sheet really quick. Yep. Rest in peace. I'm out. <laughs> so the murder weapon was found six feet away from the body. It was a Glock pistol with the magazine removed and the pistol was covered in blood now remember this was an apparent suicide but the magazine has been removed from the gun mm. Mm. odd so based i didn't know that post-mortem that you could still move around like that and like unload a fucking gun but also mortis. yeah exactly <laughs> instead of just like twitching out <laughs> They needed his making for our embalming perfume. Maybe that's where he went was to go and buy our embalming perfume to just quick save the body. Who fucking knows, dude? So based on the crime scene, there were signs of an altercation. The coroner reported an abrasion under Kevin's chin and an injury to his right temple caused caused by a blow to the head. The police also found a broken box fan covered in blood nearby the body. Okay. Mm, why is there so much blood? <laughs> why is there a broken box fan right next to the body? And then the coroner says that there was a blow done to the head, and but a you know broken box fan. Like, are you beating your? Sl- I'm kicking my own ass. You mind? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Respect to the dead, but also we're trying to make this light because this is a fucking really messed up story, folks. It's like one- those things like you just turn into a vampire and the optic to your left is your kryptonite what is it it's a fucking pillow wait that's not <laughs> yeah, i have a pillow too barf bag <laughs> box fan box fan so uh on the night of wednesday september 19th so two days before the call was made about the apparent suicide kevin had sent a text to a friend saying that the resident of the apartment had pointed the Glock pistol at him, the murder weapon, and dry fired it eight times. The text was sent at 10.41 p.m. the night of the 19th, but the recipient did not see the message until the next morning, 9-20-2018. So that night, 9-20-2018, the police were called by the friend who received the really weird text message um called for a welfare check because he was worried about his friend Mm -hmm. the police showed up but no one answered the door 
quick little sidestep here as I was uh, the neighbor to all of this. I remember hearing that night, really fucking late at night, pounding, boom, 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 Fargo police, boom, 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 Fargo police, boom, 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 boom. And then I looked out my people. That's how they do a welfare check? I guess. I won't answer my door either. No, fuck no. No, fuck no. I wouldn't be going to the door like, oh yeah, hey, what's up? You seem really aggressive. I want to answer the door for you right now. Um, were you awake when all this happened or were you sleeping? No, I I believe I was awake because it might have been like close to midnight. And at that time I was working during the day and then I would work at night too. So I was working at a bar and I've talked about this bar many times. So I think it was something where I had worked during the day at the bar. So I was home at night for this. Back to the story, enough of Atlee's personal fucking input here. So the police believed that the shooting happened sometime between 919 and 921 when the call was made. Is that PM or AM? So 919-2018, the day, that Wednesday. Oh, so it, I thought that was the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. So it would have been sometime after 1041 when this text message was sent. So between 1041 on Wednesday, uh, September 19th, Sometime between then and September 21st, when the call was made at 11.22 in the morning. So the trajectory of the bullet entered the neck right below the right ear, suggesting that this was no suicide. Because no offense, if you're going to kill yourself, I don't think you're going to shoot yourself back there. But also, like, I don't know, haven't ever tried with a gun before. How do you gun? Dude, just right back there. I fucking doubt it. So now, who was this caller? Hmm? The mysterious man behind the phone? At this point, the police believed he was the only one that actually knew what went down. The caller turned out to be, drumroll, Kevin Riley Sr.'s youngest son, Christopher B. Riley. Oh, I thought it was going to be Kevin Jr. No, not Kevin Jr. Actually, the the youngest child, he was the resident of this apartment. So beware of those younger children, folks. Mm, Just the younger child. That's true. But of only two. So my youngest sister, we got to keep an eye on her. (laughs) So Christopher was on the run. And luckily, police had confirmed that the license plate number and the make of the vehicle was actually Christopher's, thanks to neighbors who lived in the apartment building. <clears throat> it was me. Because <laughs> I, I had to be investigated because I went down to the police outside my building to ask what the fuck was going on. Because um, I had just woken up from a nap. I was sick. And I had gone to the clinic that morning, um, Friday, September 21st. And I was asleep on my couch. I wake up to all these police vehicles. I go out to talk to them. So then I had to get questioned by the investigator since I was the next door neighbor. Now, when I say the next door neighbor, I shared a bedroom wall with this guy. Oh, shit. So, of course, I got questioned to see if I had heard anything, you know, anything I knew up to this point from Wednesday to this Friday day. And they showed me pictures of the truck and I'm like, yeah, yo, that's my neighbors. And they went, thanks. We had no fucking clue. Great. 
So they had searched for Christopher a whole week. He was on the run for a fucking week, you guys. I was personally terrified because I'm like, great. I'm affiliate. Like, I am connected to this guy because I got fucking interviewed by the goddamn news. And I did not want to be interviewed because of how sick I was and how shitty I looked and whatever. But they had begged to interview me because I gave out some information that the police did not know until they talked to me. So I got talked yeah, like, into it. Interviewed the girl that gave out information to track that, like in a murder case. Oh, safe. Yeah, right. So now you see why I was fucking terrified, and I was still going to work. And everyone's like, "You're gonna be fine," and I'm like, "Dear God, I hope." So he was found a week later. Um, because. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Could you- I would die. <laughs> He's just sitting Get at a Big Mac in hand. The shitty coffee. <laughs> Big Mac in hand and shitty fucking coffee. Um, a call was made from a Fargo resident saying that she saw his vehicle parked in Lindenwood Park, which is in Fargo, North Dakota. So that means homeboy was on the run for a week and he never left town. That's some master, like hide and seek going on yeah also some shitty fucking cop work just fucking saying (laughs) like this guy is literally in your town and he never left this fucking town and you know what he looks like and you know what his fucking vehicle is and yet for some fucking reason you guys couldn't find him and it took a lady (laughs) that's just like strolling through the park with her kids to go like oh my god i recognize that vehicle from the goddamn news but also like leave it up to the civilians solve the case (laughs) yeah also, Christopher, that's that's some shitty hiding you're doing, bud. He was just blending in. <laughs> just hanging maybe out, fishing if, by the river. Maybe if I hide in plain sight. Honestly, that's kind of smart. But if we lived in a bigger city, maybe that would be smarter. But like Fargo's big from what I'm used to, but also it's not that too crazy fucking big. So the police moved quickly and luckily found Christopher living in his vehicle and he was promptly arrested. Good. Immediately, Christopher's defense team called for a contested preliminary hearing, which means the state must provide evidence that it was Christopher who pulled the trigger. Once evidence was found that there was an altercation and Christopher was in the apartment during the time of the murder... Christopher fucking pled not guilty. Jeez. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, Luckily for this scumbag, aka Christopher, his trial got pushed back the initial time that it was planned. It got pushed back three months so that he could undergo a mental health evaluation. And we're now into 2019, folks. So this was done to determine his mental health at the time of the murder and also to determine if he was mentally fit to participate in court. So then three months later, his trial got pushed back again because uh, so he was given a lawyer in the beginning or, you know, his defense team and he fucking fired them (laughs) and he wanted to represent himself. So oh, then when Ted it came, Bundy, or, yeah, little Ted Bundy here, little I mean. Ted Bundy going on a little bit of cocky fucking bullshit going on here. So then, you know, we're at the second date. This is, it's got pushed back once and here we are now. So it got pushed back again because now all of a sudden Christopher wants a lawyer. Hmm. Don't think you're going to win this one. eh, bud. 
with your fucking not guilty plea bullshit bullshit so uh 2020 hit we already fucking know what happened it it kind of ruined <laughs> nothing, a lot of everything happened in 2020 nothing was able to happen in 2020 because of 2020 exactly so he had passed the mental health evaluation and was seen <laughs> fit to sit in court and be a part of all of his trials and blah 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 so we're at march 2020 uh christopher reveals he will represent himself again and quote (coughs) wants to go to trial as soon as possible even if that means he will be convicted he being christopher he's like at this point i just want to get it over with (laughs) yes he had fired his court appointed lawyer because he accused him of filling motions to delay the trial against his wishes okay all right Oh, yeah, not because there's a fucking pandemic going on, buddy, but I mean, like, you know what's going on. Even though you're in fucking jail slash prison, you still have open, like, you still are open to some of the shit going on in the world, especially something like this. Like, yeah, you don't know about TikTok trends, but you know that there's a fucking pandemic going on, my dude. Right. This is a quote they straight have, from... What? They have the news. And they whatever. have the news. They, I'm sure they have newspapers. Uh they're not just like hidden away from fucking society. This is a quote straight from Christopher. I don't care about an attorney. Wait, let me give him, let me give him a character. I'm going to give him like a whiny bitch character. <clears throat> I don't Linda care. Belcher. I don't care about an attorney. I don't care about proper representation. All I care about is getting in front of 12 people of my peers and having my day in court. You sound like a girl in high school, like, someone from high school actually that's exactly how i envision him when i read this sentence like dude you're <laughs> such you're such a little bitch you keep you keep firing your lawyers and then you want lawyers and you fire them and then you want them and all of a sudden you're like i don't care just get this fucking over with bullshit so yeah. of course 2020 pushed lots of things back which had irked mr christopher so the new trial date was set for April 28th, 2020, with Judge Susan Bailey. Bad bitch Bailey. <laughs> um, now we're in October 30th, 2020. Sorry, there's a jump, but this is what we got to do. The trial held testimonies from police, emergency responders, and, quote, friends, I will say more like acquaintances of Christopher. So now we're to the point where they can actually bring in people, um, to give their testimonies of the day. So his ex-girlfriend had testified that Christopher described to her the fight that had happened between him and Kevin the night of September 19th, 2018. Cause she had gone to visit him when he was in jail and he told her about the fucking fight. He claimed that he, Christopher, almost died at 12.15 AM that night. So it was, September 19th. So it's 12.15 a.m. September 19th. He claimed that he almost died and Kevin completed suicide at 12.16 September 19th. Completed suicide. So saying that the text message never happened from Kevin to his friend and that he was the one that had almost died because Kevin had tried to like threaten to kill him or whatever and then that 
Kevin completed suicide a minute later after he had threatened to kill Christopher. Really sus. And even if that was true, (laughs) if you knew about it, why the fuck did you not call the police immediately? Right? Right. Okay. So Christopher also claimed that he wasn't home when it happened and he found the body 9-21-2018 at 10.30 in the morning. So what, you get in a fight and then you leave and then you think a minute later that Kevin was able to complete suicide? Okay. I like how it's complete suicide. Like, it's finished, it's done, we did it. Well, that's how I like to put it. And I hear other podcasters saying that sometimes better than committing suicide. So emergency responders said that the body was covered in a white sheet, like I said before, was cold to the touch and was covered in piss. Ooh, what the fuck? His piss or? Well, the DNA (laughs) proved that the piss all over the dead body was Christopher's urine. What the fuck? Just a final fuck you. I'm going to piss on your corpse. Mm-hmm. That's messed up. And you know what's funny? And they talk about this in a lot of murder scenarios is the covering of the body afterwards is done because you can't fully process what the fuck you did. But then that pissing on the dead body, like you said, is that ultimate fuck you. I knew exactly what I did and I don't give a fuck. So 9-20-2018. So this is that Thursday, right? A close acquaintance, his name was Ryan Heyman, received a call from Christopher to hang out. <laughs> According to Ryan Heyman, and I heard this, uh, I heard all of this because this guy frequented my bar. And once he saw that I was on the news for it, This is straight from his mouth, and this is also what he testified in court. They spent all day bar hopping around the Fargo-Moorhead area and just getting fucked up. At some point during the day, Christopher had asked Ryan how he would react if he, Christopher, had killed his own father. Quote from Ryan, I told him that's not stuff you joke about. No. At a point, Christopher had to be, okay, so that's all I've got from Ryan, um, I do know more of what happened. I guess I should give this information. It it wasn't written in the articles that I had read, but as I said before, I know this guy and he told me all of this himself. Um, They'd spent all day drinking and they were to the point where they had to leave because they're fucked up and it's late slash early in the morning now of 9-21-2018. And they were not dead from drinking. Well, they were back at Ryan's house. Also, for some fucking reason, it just seems like old men can just get, like, just day drink all fucking day like that and be cool. I don't get they it either. They sip their scotch and whiskey and just smoke their cigars and it's just nothing. It's like nothing. And eat shitty food along the way at all these bars. Like, I don't get no. it either. I don't get how you're able to function. They stopped at McDonald's probably like six <laughs> times did. that day. probably i mean that's your rally food exactly just a little puke and rally folks (laughs) so ryan had told me that once they left the bar finally um they went back to ryan's house because that's where christopher's car was and christopher was so adamant on spending the night at ryan's house and ryan was in the middle of remodeling his house so he didn't have any extra spare room and he himself was sleeping on his own couch And Christopher's Mm -hmm. like, 
you know, adamant, like, I have to stay here, man. I can't go home, whatever. So Ryan finally let him spend the night, but he's like, look, dude, I have to work early in the morning. I'm getting up. And when I get up, you have to leave. So he got up early and this is now 9, 21, 2018. And he told me that he like forced Chris out of his house. And he's like, I just wanted the dude out of my house. Cause it was really fucking weird. He never tried to stay at my house before and they've hung out before this wasn't the first time they've hung out and he's just like it was so weird but I wanted him to fucking leave so he finally left so now we're back uh during the trial at a point Christopher had to be removed from court for disrupting the court and saying he wanted to represent himself again again (laughs) Uh, the next trial after that, he was once again removed from. Ah! The- <gasps> what? Sorry, Mike just walked through the door and it scared the shit out of me. You scared the fucking shit out of me too, dude. <laughs> I scared him too. I have goose cam. Can you see them? I'm sorry. I am fucking terrified. <laughs> I am very sweaty down my back right now too. I'm so hot now. I threw my notebook. (laughs) We're keeping this in because that scared the fucking shit out of me. I'm so sweaty. You scared me. Okay, back to this. Um, Wow, where am I? Oh, yes. So uh, after the one trial saying he wanted to represent, excuse me, that he wanted to represent, they had to put the trial on recess. So we're at the next trial. He was once again removed from court from a profanity-laced outburst and saying some derogatory terms to Judge Susan Bailey. Bailey said that he had the capability to not disrupt court. He just chose not to. Mm, Mm. Mm. And she had even said to him, you're not going to make a circus out of my court. Mm. He was even saying he kept calling it a mock trial when he was getting pulled out of court. He's saying, this is just a mock trial. This is bullshit. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you're not going to make a circus out of this, Mr. Riley. So you're going to leave. You're getting pulled out of court. So now we're in February 8th, 2021. Well, November 2020, he was found guilty. So the final sentence was made February 8th, 2021. Life in prison without any possibility of parole. Good. Christopher's peers and Judge Susan Bailey fucking rates, okay? What a dumbass. No more McGriddles for you, buddy. No, you will get no shitty coffee. You get nothing. You get uh, his er coffee. <laughs> shit. You can literally just drink shit at this point. You're getting shit coffee, basically. So this sentence is the max sentence for class double A felony of murder or any crime in North Dakota. Originally, the prosecutors suggested life in prison with a chance of parole um, as early as age 62, which I believe he was 38 uh, or he's 38 this year. So, you know, math and stuff. I'm not doing it. So you guys have fun with your math. I don't know what year would that be because I'm not mathing. I'm not good at math or geography and I don't fucking care. I'm not good at anything. I'm just good at screaming into a <laughs> microphone, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm thinking of taking that up. 
Yeah. So Judge Susan Bailey gave him this sentence because she had said that Christopher had showed no sign of remorse and never accepted responsibility to the crime. And uh, also all of his back and forth. I want a lawyer. I don't. And she there was even a point where she had heard recordings of him talking to people who had visited him and, you know, during interviews with police, she listened to the recordings. He even laughed at the oh idea God. of ki- killing his father. Okay, but so does he, but so he's obviously like, okay, I'm, I'm guilty now, but he's not maintaining his innocence at all. No, he, okay. he still to this day maintains that he did not do it and that he's being framed for murder. So uh, Christopher's defense attorney, Monty Mertz, had even recommended the minimum sentence of four years in prison, noting that Christopher suffered from a mental illness and maintained his innocence throughout the trial. Trials. Which is (laughs) fucking dumb. Mock trials. Yeah, the mock trials, all right? I'm pretty sure his defense attorney knew. He's like, I'm not going to be able to get this guy off. So let me just say something fucking heinous and bullshit and let's give him four years because he maintains that he's innocent. Oh, it ducks. He doesn't want to go to fucking prison for the rest of his life because he's a guilty motherfucker. Like I, I always found it so stupid that he pled not guilty since the beginning, because it's like, maybe if you at least pled guilty, Maybe he could have gotten a lighter sentencing and proved that he actually felt bad for what had happened, but nope, wasn't me. I'm being framed. This is all bullshit. This, this whole court is out of order. Fucking stupid. (laughs) So the whole time Christopher kept retelling different versions of what had happened, saying that he acted in self-defense saying that there was a struggle over the gun because Kevin was, trying to uh, was attempting suicide and that during the struggle kevin accidentally pulled the trigger on himself back here my dude no it's a very specific place to shoot yourself that's a really weird weird way to shoot yourself like i don't i you know massive trigger warning i guess but it's like from what you hear of stories of people completing suicide with a gun there's certain spots where they go they don't go behind on their fucking back of their neck okay you know them we're not gonna say them you fucking know them you know you know so uh christopher was not present to hear the sentence because of his outbursts um <laughs> what a toddler they put him in time out yeah without his toddler outbursts There was even, um, during one of his outbursts, when he got pulled out of court, he was allowed to sit in a room just adjacent to the courtroom, but the whole time he's in there yelling, laughing, yelling profanities that judge Susan Bailey went, you know what? Completely take him out of here, sir. Calm the fuck down. Sir, your pants. They're on fucking fire because you're a goddamn liar. So Christopher B. Riley has plans to appeal his sentence, but as of right now, we'll rot in fucking prison. And that's the story of the murder of Kevin Paul Riley Sr. Oh, and also, I don't live in that apartment building anymore. (laughs) 
So yes, this is a story I've been waiting to tell because like I said, I needed to wait till he got his final sentencing before I talked about it. And maybe it would have been good to have some more background information on Christopher's childhood growing up being the son of Kevin, what had led him to this point where he finally snapped and killed his dad. But um, also- like, Why was his dad at his apartment? What was the alternative? about well his dad was at his apartment because he was homeless at the time so christopher was letting him stay with him okay so he was homeless yeah yes he there was there was stories that kevin did have a bad uh problem with drugs after a couple years yeah that was a great that was perfect for nightmares with nightcap thank you if we would have had a actual alcoholic beverage what would you have paired with this well, it is morning. Well, it's afternoon, but uh, it probably would have been like, <laughs> honestly, it either would have been like a spiked coffee or I would have just done what really hardcore, uh, hardcore quote quotations, <laughs> hardcore Atlee was drinking in 2018. So lots of Jameson. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> so there you go, listeners. I hope you are nice and hydrated after this really fucking shitty story. And sweaty because I screamed in your earlobes. <laughs> I'm still so very sweaty. And I got luckily, sweat. yeah, under boob, the armpits, my ass is very swampy. Swampy. Thank goodness. I'm not wearing if, my swampy sweatpants though. What if we get swampy as a tramp stamp? <laughs> I don't want to be, if I ever become a mom, I don't want to be that mom with a swampy tramp stamp. I was thinking about this. I'm like, I need a good tattoo for the next time I get a colonoscopy. <laughs> that only they're going to see, like only Mike would see or only my doctors would see. <laughs> Just like, what if I had little lizard handprints? coming out of my butt crack <laughs> you just have handprints that when you spread your butt cheeks apart like that's what it looks like is hands spreading the butt cheeks apart woman in america <laughs> <laughs> all right all right we're ending it here folks uh thanks for being here episode five of nightmares and nightcaps i love doing nightmares and nightcaps this is Me too this is great this, this is one of my babies so next month, you guys will be hearing a story from Taylor, as will I. Yeah. And I got uh, an idea. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and maybe next month, we'll actually have a nightcap for you guys. But you know what? We can't just keep forcing alcohol down your throat. We need you to hydrate once in a while, baby. Liquid IV, folks. We're looking so out we'll for you, some folks. Gatorade. Take care of yourself. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> Get them electrolytes, honey. All right. Well, until... Uh, the next episode. Check you later. Check you later. <laughs>